a desert planet with twin suns. Why do I sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? Use my knowledge. Much to learn. You still have. Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Liu. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you couldn't tell by my voice, I have very bad allergies, and I'm coming off of a long weekend. I was at a conference for a student ministry that I'm a part of, uh, and so I am tired, and I am losing my voice currently, so I can't talk for a sustained amount of time, but I still wanted to get an episode out. I had a different episode planned, but that one was going to involve a lot of talking, and I want to be able to be on my A-game to give you all that one. Uh, it's going to be about Darth Bane and the rule to stay tuned. I just finished the Darth Bane trilogy for the first time, and I thought it was fantastic. But um, I want to save that for later, so this episode is going to be my... I've also read or listened to um, uh, The Light of the Jedi, which is the first uh, novel in the High Republic era uh, for Disney. So I'm going to be reviewing that as well as just giving my general thoughts on what I think of the franchise or that part of the franchise in general. Um, So without further ado, let's dive into I Have Spoken. I Have Spoken. Before I give my thoughts, I'd just like to point out that there might be some weird uh, splicing in this video, splicing of audio clips. Um, and that is because I'm going to make sure to not uh, make y'all listen to me cough uh, into a microphone for extended periods of time. Um, that being said, I don't really have many notes for this. This is going to be kind of off the dome, and I'm just going to kind of talk until I can't talk anymore. Um, so the High Republic era, I really got to say, I've heard, I went into this hearing very mixed reviews. I had heard that some people really enjoyed it, and some people didn't, and some people didn't didn't even feel the need to really dive into it, which was me until recently, and I've been binging audiobooks. Um, so I was like, okay, what the heck, might as well dive in. Um, but I would say my initial impression was that it was very lackluster. And my reasoning for this, and this is something that's more unique to me, and I think that a lot of people would agree with me, but I think that other people would maybe disagree. I find it very difficult to have a Jedi versus anyone other than a Sith as far as a dynamic. And that's not to say that like someone like Cad Bane or a formidable bounty hunter type uh, can't be involved in like a conflict with a Jedi. But um, the High Republic era is set, uh, it's a couple hundred years before the Phantom Menace. And so the Sith are still in hiding. They have not revealed themselves to the Jedi yet, so they cannot be the main antagonist. This isn't a spoiler. This is just this was something that we knew about the higher public era going into it. Um, that being said, I think it's appropriate for me to give a spoiler warning. So from this point on, there are going to be spoilers for The Light of the Jedi, which is a adult novel, um, young adult adult novel uh, uh, from Star Wars: The High Republic, uh, which was released earlier this year, I believe. Uh, so if you don't want any spoilers for that, don't listen to the rest of this episode. Make sure you go read or listen to it and then come back afterwards. This episode will still be here. Uh, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Let's go in. I was quite bored by this book uh, initially for like a long time, um, which isn't super like unique. I feel like it takes me a sec to get into most books, but this one in particular was just kind of like oof. 
it was very lovey-dovey. It felt like very much like just a teen drama novel almost, but not even like it was focusing a lot on everyday citizens of the Republic, which is interesting in its own right, but it, a book's titled The Light of the Jedi, then I kind of want to know what's going on with the Jedi, not with everyday civilians. That being said, the time that we do get to spend with the Jedi is spending time with the, a kind of Jedi that is very different than what we've gotten from Star Wars in the past. And this is the more force-attuned Jedi rather than the warrior Jedi. So the main character is Avar Chris, or not? She's not really the main character, but she's kind of the focal point of the Jedi-centric plotline. Um, and she's essentially a Jedi master who is able to attune herself to other people's attunement of the Force. And she's able to essentially unite um, all of the Jedi in like a given area under a single... It's almost like a hive mind, but a little less like sinister than that. Um, less so that she's controlling them and more so that she is uniting them kind of like almost like a centralized authority figure, giving them instructions and helping them work in tandem with each other by tapping into how each of them perceive the Force. And this is an interesting thing from the book where it's like everyone perceives the Force in a different way, where Avar perceives it as a song and um, Elzar Man perceives it as a sea and there's another person that perceives it as a machine. There's another person that perceives it as just a Force, nothing more. Um... So in that regard, it's very interesting, but I'm also one that really enjoys conflict, physical conflict, not just emotional conflict. And so I like lightsaber fights. I like direct confrontations with enemies, which we get some of that, but there's less of it than I would like. Um, one thing that I did really enjoy is the, the introduction of more... Uh, a more of a diversity of lightsaber colors. Um, so we get to see the, the classic, uh, the, the blue, the green, but then we also see a yellow lightsaber wielded by Lord Loden Greatstorm. Great <clears throat> and um, we also get to see a white lightsaber uh, while we hear about it. And this is another really interesting thing is the concept of the Jedi vectors, which are the Jedi starships. They, have, they require a lightsaber key and they're kind of operated by the Force. Um, which is a cool concept, but it begs the question, why aren't they still being used during the time of the Clone Wars? Because they were super effective in battle, and they, they were like an extension of the Jedi's ability to use the Force, almost like a lightsaber. And so it's a, it's a very cool concept, but it's one that obviously the Jedi abandoned at some point or another so i would be very curious to know why that is because they seem to be very very efficient and that might be that the jedi became more and more militant and less and less attuned to the force which is kind of part of the reason why they had their downfall the way they did um uh there's i don't remember his name but there's a jedi padawan that's a wookie which is really really cool uh we love to see that um, there's a lot of politics, a lot of talk about hyperspace, um, which brings me to the villains of this series, really, not just this book, but over, overall, the Nile. 
or the Nihil, as the audio narrator pronounced. I don't know. Whenever the first promotional stuff came out, um, it was they pronounced it Nihil, and then this the the narrator pronounced it Nihil. So I, I'm just gonna call it the Nihil. They're essentially an organization of marauder junkies that kind of pillage throughout the Outer Rim and have been able to keep a low enough profile that they're not considered a big threat by the Republic. Um, they have a set hierarchy with three main leaders. Um, not going to lie, don't really remember their names. One of them's named Pan, one of them's named Kossiv, and then, uh, shoot, there's a woman. The Laura Dean... I think that's wrong, but I could be correct. I don't know. But, um, and then they're all kind of under the umbrella of the eye. And so the eye is his name is Martian Rowe. And he provides the, um, the Nile with these paths through hyperspace that kind of allow them to kind of find back back uh kind of like back alley entrances through hyperspace so they can avoid using the major hyperspace lanes and therefore get places uh without the scrutiny of the republic um and they essentially kidnap people and get them hooked on drugs and then eventually they get them to work for them but they're very chaotic um almost almost like anarchists like it's kind of an every man for himself type civilization and I think they're interesting and I'm definitely more interested in them I'm the most interested in Martian Rowe I think that there's a lot more to his character and I'm super super interested to see where they go with him I think that the others are a little much Um, they kind of remind me of who do they remind me of they're very loud and very much it's just, oh, it's kind of like Wrecker, almost, where it's just like, okay, dial it back a bit, guys. You're kind of turning them into, like, a comedically intense group when I think that if you kind of dialed it back a little bit, they would be more believable and more threatening, almost. All that said, I don't like them as adversaries for the Jedi. I understand that they're the Jedi aren't necessarily at their, they're at their peak in the sense of like peacekeepers. They're not at their peak in the warrior sense because there's such an abundance of peace. Um, so it would stand to reason that they're not necessarily in a position to properly face someone who they've already been underestimating. But I still feel like the Jedi should very easily be able to take on the Nile and not I don't know. I don't think that they should be as formidable of an opponent as they are supposed to be, but that's just a bit of a nitpick. Um, I find them interesting, but I think that they would be more interesting pitted against someone like the Mandalorians, where it's not Force-sensitive. And I understand that the Mandalorians were able to take on the Jedi, but they like their lifestyle was a very militaristic lifestyle. There weren't a bunch of pillagers and marauders they developed their fighting style specifically to take down Jedi. So, I don't know. I'm also just, I'm a big fan of Jedi versus Sith type stuff. And 
the Nile just don't quite do it for me, but I will say I'm much more intrigued by them after the end of this book. Um, I think that The Light of the Jedi is a little bit preachy. I think there's definitely an underlying political agenda, which I'm not a huge fan of. I think that there's a time and a place for that kind of stuff, but as far as Star Wars goes, I think that we just need to tell a good story, and if that kind of stuff contributes to the grander story, then that's fantastic. And I don't think that it detracts from it necessarily. I think that it, at least not in most places, I think in others it kind of made me roll my eyes and kind of a let's get off our soapbox and just let's let's write a Star Wars book. Let's not write a social commentary, please. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm that, that that can be found pretty much anywhere, so. I think I need to manage my expectations a bit better in that regard. I'm also interested to see what happens to the Jedi outpost that's going to be in the Outer Rim, because obviously it's not in effect during the um, during the Clone Wars era or the prequel era, so it'll be very interesting. I don't remember what it's... It's not a Star Forge. I don't remember what it's called. But it's. I'll be very interested to see what becomes of that, because... It's obviously not in effect whenever we see the actual movies take place. Um, I think Loden Great Storm is an awesome name. He has a yellow lightsaber, which is baller. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that Martian Rowe is probably the most interesting character, and I can't wait to see what his little glowing purple stick is and why Elzar Man had a vision about it. Um, but that's about all that I have the vocal bandwidth for, but this wouldn't be a proper... Oh my gosh. This would be a proper episode if I didn't leave y'all with a little bit more. Alright guys, I'm gonna level with you. I'm so tired that I couldn't... Like, I looked at a source book for like five minutes. I've already had to like cut this out so many times because I keep coughing. And so I'm just gonna read y'all two Rank of Master questions. These are for the Rank of Master... Um, and if anyone's listening, whoever gets to that rank, uh, and you get this question, then good for you. Uh, who was the Rodian Jedi who was murdered by Cad Bane for refusing to merge a holocron with the stolen Kyber memory crystal? That answer is Bola Rapal. He was the Rodian Jedi that we see Cad Bane kill, uh, while he was a prisoner. Gotta pause to cough again. And I'm back. Okay. Uh, next question is... ATTEs were six-legged armored walkers utilized during the Clone Wars. What does the acronym ATTE stand for? The answer to this is All-Terrain Tactical Enforcer. Those are the tanks utilized by the Republic during the Clone Wars. Uh, they're really cool. Really like them a lot. Uh, I think their design's awesome. Uh, that's all that I have for today. Uh, if y'all listened through all of that, I really appreciate it. If you didn't, I completely understand. Um... I'll be back to normal next week, hopefully. Um, uh, thoughts. Okay, you've taken your first steps into a larger world. May the Force be with you, and I will see y'all in the next episode. Bye, friends.